Welcome to Priestesses Prescribe, a fresh new take on a spiritual wellness podcast. Join us, Erica of Boss Bruja and Alex of High Priestess of Brooklyn, as we blend astrological advice and holistic wellness through the lens of tarot for our new and full moon forecasts. We'll also bring your deeper dives into topics like what the hell happens during a Saturn return and how to properly cleanse your space. Now, let's get spiritual. Hello, everyone. It is Alex and Erica here with two of our favorite ladies, Bevan and Brittany of the Be Not a Neighbor podcast. We're so excited to welcome them. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them if you don't already know. Their podcasts, they became, they come together literally as neighbors, and their mission is to bring their community together by sharing advice with literal neighbors and metaphorical neighbors on navigating life. Brittany Levine is a style and trend expert who regularly appears on QVC, NBC's Today Show, Wendy Williams, E! News, and more. She is a busy lady. And Bevan Prince, professional actress who came to fame on a little show called One Tree Hill. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And then she transitioned to the fitness realm where she continues to inspire the masses at Soul Cycle, myself included. That is where Bevan and I met. And here we all are. So welcome, ladies. Thank you so much welcome. for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're Thank so you. We're not used to this side. I you know. know. We're always, you know, <laughs> doing the introductions. So that was kind of cool to not be scrambling at the last <laughs> <minute>. <laughs> introduction that Aww. sounded good. Exactly. Uh huh. Uh huh. We're yeah, so yeah. excited. Let me to sweat. Have the both Let of me you. sweat it out. Yeah. We're <laughs> so sure. excited to have you both. So, as you all know, we are living in some very interesting times. We literally just experienced the election in the U.S. for all of our U.S. listeners and our international listeners, and our political climate is chaotic, right? There are some people who are super excited about the results and the outcome. There are some people who are extremely devastated. And there are some people who totally don't care because they voted for Kanye and they're just mad that he didn't win, you know? (laughs) So because, you know, there's so much emotion and anxiety and depression and just overall energy that's living in our universe at the moment, we decided that it is totally our responsibility as your guides in wellness spirituality, community, and connectivity to invite these amazing women on our show to discuss the climate, the political climate, race, and just all about having difficult conversations in this time. So welcome, and we are so happy for your opinions and just everything you have to offer us today. Well, we're so excited that you guys thought that we were a fit for this sort of conversation. You know, it's important to us as a pair to really provide as much personal experience and, and really share that with people so that we can we can all come together and brainstorm and keep elevating ourselves and each other and our culture and our nation. And and so, you know, now's a perfect time to have this sort of conversation. It's it's really right here in front of our face. Definitely, definitely. And I think in our initial conversation too, we had talked about our family members, people that we know having difference of opinions and growing up in that environment and having those tough discussions that we've been having this entire quarantine that has pretty much, you know, resulted in some tears, some fights, <laughs> some wanting to move away. Door slams. Door slams. Always door slam. Bevan's a big door slammer, by the way. She could As mature up. as I like to claim to be. It feels so good. What about when the door catches though? Like the worst. You're like, so shameful yeah. <laughs> you're you gotta do it never again. forget drawn back to earth and like into your body and you're like oh i can't be acting like this i'm an adult yes i'll never forget my first bevan prince door slam ever <laughs> my won't be your last <laughs> no totally but that's the benefit of being next door uh no and i think it's really it has brought a lot of these conversations to the forefront and we've also discussed too like whether you agree or disagree. I think we've all tried to understand common grounds to a degree, right? And at least try to move forward together versus not going anywhere. I think the thing that's been the most difficult for me personally is 
I really want to be the kind of person that can listen, that can listen to someone else's opinion and, and hear it and be present and see if there's a way for us to communicate. But I, I cannot fully stop some of the rage and anger and frustration that I feel when people have different opinions that I believe are fundamentally inhumane and unfair. And I, I guess that's like, you know, what tactics do we have to draw upon in those moments to like ground us and, and to allow us to listen so that we can actually do something about it? This is just mirroring exactly what Eric and I spoke about yesterday as we were prepping for this. And I know we spoke last week, ladies, on literal election day. And it was, I mean, anxiety is probably just an understatement. I physically went from elation when Biden and Kamala won into a baptism and straight into a church and then had to be silent and while we were literally like just excited little kids and most of the people in the room with us did not feel the same way as we did. We then took a revel screaming our heads off in Brooklyn to a lunch in which also more than half the people didn't agree and didn't feel the same way. And I completely agree with you, Bevan. It, it boggles my mind. It, it incenses me. But at the same time, like, how do you win <laughs> and then continuously be faced with losing in many senses? Yeah. I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. I do have a question for the both of you. Well, actually, for all three of you. Seeing that this election had a lot to do with marginalized communities, so a lot of Black Lives Matter related issues, a lot of ICE issues, and you know, children being locked in cages and being ripped from their families. As a person of color, as a person of African descent, I know that it personally affects my day-to-day, my being, my mental health, all of me, right? And it's always amazing to know that as people of color, that we have allies, right? But sometimes as people of color, we are a little bit unsure as to how allies are working in our benefit. So seeing that now that Biden has won, and that's amazing, and you all are experiencing that that divide that as a woman of color, I can't see because there's always silence when I'm in the room. How do all of you manage others' emotions, but also still trying to do your best to be at the forefront of, of this movement with integrity and honor for those who can't be in those rooms themselves and to hear what everyone is saying? That's a really good question. And when you refer to others' emotions, you mean the people that maybe feel differently? Yes, those who have differing opinions. So the Trump supporters, the more conservative ones in the group. It's interesting because I don't know if this is something that I'm I'm definitely not proud of. I think that I pick and choose the times that it is serving me to stay in the room and have the conversation and maybe even serving the other person or if it's something that I could see could be very volatile and or just really an unhealthy exchange of energy for myself personally. So I guess that's the first kind of point of reference and and that's also very privileged of me that I have the ability to pick and choose the conversation. And I, I don't, I think that's part of my evolution and I will, you know, hopefully, and I'm striving to get to a place that the conversation can always be had. I'm not there yet, but I'm working, I'm working every day as much as, you know, as much as I know how, and, you know, if it's a great grandmother that, you know, probably isn't all mentally with us to begin with, Right. I'm not really sure how far the conversation is going to go in terms of helping her or me or anybody. If it is someone, you know, if, it, if, if it's basically anyone else, then the conversation is being had. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, that's, that's, you know, the same thing. What I was going to bring up is just with my relatives, I, you know, and surrounding people that I know if it's someone that I all like, if, if they're on Facebook every day, if they're chanting, if they're wearing, if they have flags that are in front of their houses or on their cars, and I know who they're, or I've seen people down south on the boats, you know, with their flags, like that's right in front of my face. I, I know who they're for. I know that it's going to be harder 
to even break that. And same with the older generations. Like it's just, it's very difficult to sit there one-on-one trying to proclaim my support and trying to change, you know, opinions that have been ingrained. I come from a suburban community that is considered very privileged, that they are, you know, changes are trying to be made, but it's very hard. And you know, I'm the first to say that I I want to be a part of that change and I want to to better it because of, of just what I want my children, my future baby to grow up in. But then I also do know in my surrounding circles, a lot of people that work in finance and a lot of people that their jobs... That, it already makes me feel rage when I hear that. Like, I can't keep it. I understand. I... I I get it. I, I, I get it. I just, I that's, uh, that is, that's their argument. So that's, that's their argument. I have a lot of people in my family that are entrepreneurs that deal with specific tax rates and that's their, that's their lives. So it like saddens me and it angers me because of the bigger issues and the greater issues and the things that I stand up and rally for. I also understand like that's their, and they're nice people. Do you know what I mean? Like they are nice people. They're not terrible people. They're, they're people that are very, very good hearted in their souls. So if it's an asshole that is spewing hate, which I know that's why I was just trying to make the differentiation before is like the people that I know that there's just no talking to them. There's no breaking the surface, but that is the only, that's the only thing I see with indirect, indirect correlation to why maybe they would swing one way. If you could, that's it. And that's, that's it. I think that's it though, is that I have to assess one way I do manage the emotion is I also have to immediately assess like, is this coming from a place of hate? Is this maybe lack of information? Is this maybe lack of being exposed to something, you know, bigger than the small area and that they've grown up in. And then once you can kind of assess what that is, then I can I can usually find a point of reference to enter the conversation with a little bit of understanding, not understanding, but an open ear, and then hopefully find a place of grace to speak from. And I know this is crazy. I, I basically say a prayer or when someone is expressing something like that to me that I just can't wrap my head around, I say a prayer for the ability to listen, for their spirit and their being, and then for something to kind of like channel through in a way that I can find a way to connect and ground the conversation that isn't just spewing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I'm going to use the frame of reference here, which is my dad. <laughs> uh, when we, I was waiting for you to bring that up. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I love him. Obviously I love him. I'm dad. in similar positions. Yeah. I, I'm, with family members. Yeah. And my dad's a, a great person. And that's the thing that was, it, you know, Erica, back to your earlier point, like, where do you start from? It's like, I would say this has been going on since June. Lachek, my fiance and I were home when George Floyd was murdered. And every day we were there, I thought, what, why am I here? Because normally I would be in Brooklyn with people who, and I would be protesting and I would be on the streets with all of my friends and all of the people that I really spend my time around. So why am I here? And I thought I'm here because I need to challenge my dad's opinion on what's happening here because it was the rioting and the looting and on that side of the fence, they're riling everybody up. Look at what's being destroyed, these businesses and, and where did this start? And, and, you know, it was really, really chaotic for many weeks, as you all know, because you all experienced it in different ways. My brother would come down with something from Twitter every morning without fail, drop a bomb. He's 19. He leaves the room. My dad and I erupt over it. So it happened literally every day. It was like Groundhog Day, but like way worse. And it erupted to a point where I realized that it was also happening because we never had a full conversation about the disagreements or where we were coming from on political climates, on human rights for literally years. And this was the time in which we needed to get all of that out and then piecemeal this all back together. This whole story ends with my dad telling me that he voted for Biden not too long ago. And 
I was like, way to bury the lead, dude. You know, like where, you know, how did this, and ultimately, you know, he realized that like the way in which our country was operating was just out of a complete lack of any semblance of love or peace or, or harmony, Not, like nothing exists. And even to this day, I mean, it's, we can see all of this, it's like cracking apart. And he thought, I, this is the way that we can rebuild. And ultimately, I think like to Bevan, your point, like coming back to the root of it and Brittany, you said the same thing. What's the root here? And is the root good? And can you work with it? Because if it's not, you know, are you kind of spinning your wheels against like yeah. evil? And I don't know that you can always win that argument. Yeah, I guess. And a question I have for Erica, because that just really interested me before when we had our previous conversation is you've been in rooms and in discussions too, where you've been with others on the other side and at the end of the day, as hard as it was for you, you, not that you could see exactly points of views, but you had mentioned that there was something that from their, you know, their viewpoints like that you could understand more. I, I don't know. You had mentioned something like that. So I, I just, you know, for you, how, how was that in kind of dealing with those situations? Yeah. So just for clarity, when you say on the other side, do you mean like people who are more conservative, like Trump supporters? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Cause yeah. I mean, on there's the other side to it as well. Two. Like, yes. you know, yeah. on the liberal left side. So what I will, what I will say is I'm um, going with the conservative. <laughs> conservative. <laughs> yeah. So when I was in college, if we had this conversation about five years ago, it would be a very different Erica in front of you. Right. In college, I was the president of my Black Student Union. I was super involved, super militant, radical in my mindset and my in my ideologies. And I'm not going to say that that woman does not still exist inside of me. I just know that for my sanity and for me to live out my purpose in a way of having these conversations and having people listen, I've just tailored my messaging. I've tailored my delivery. And that works for me. Now, granted, that does not mean that someone who's full of rage and anger because of hate that they personally experience in their family for generations, that doesn't mean that it's inappropriate for their emotions to manifest the way that they do, right? But just for myself, I just chose to, to channel it in a very specific way. So when I'm confronted with these dilemmas or these conversations, I would just say that I, I, I do have an air of grace because I, I don't know your story. I don't know your upbringing. I don't necessarily know. I can't necessarily just coin you a bad person. I can say that your views are harmful to me and my existence. And they're harmful to the existence of my children who are not even here yet, right? But that stems from somewhere, right? I, I, think, of, I think of race relations and, and, and the difficultness of it all. It's trauma right? We are all on different spectrums of trauma. So as a, as a person of African descent, as an Afro-Latina as well, like there has been trauma ancestrally for people being lynched, for people being murdered, for watching TV and becoming desensitized to murders of people who look like me every day. That's trauma. But there's also trauma on the side of the individuals who are killing and who have like been a part of lynch mobs. And it's all trauma, right? Because at some point, there's something in us that's shutting down as we're experiencing inhumanity. So from a therapeutic wellness spirituality aspect of it, I have to give grace because of the trauma. Now, that doesn't mean that I excuse the fact that we're not healing, right? And I think that's that's where the conversations begin. And this, like, we are on this this podcast as a community right now to begin that. But I have to make grace for the trauma and make space, and hopefully, in my presence and in my aura, create the environment for some kind of productive healing to begin. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> it, it obviously shows. From the past five years, obviously, we didn't know you back then, but you have put in a lot of work and are the epitome of grace, really, to be able to, yeah, I mean, because this is, yeah, this has been extra. I, fe I feel, you know, it's, yeah, it's a lot. 
I just hope that, again, there, there's a girl like me on the other side who may be filled with with rage and anger and hate on the other side of the spectrum. So for me, it's just, and again, there are going to be some listeners who might not agree with what I'm, what I'm saying as a black woman, right? And I'm and I'm okay with that. And I'm not. And even in saying that, I'm not stating that anger is not correct, and that rage is not is not there. And I also don't believe that just because I'm delivering myself in a certain way that that gives white people room to be like, yeah, she's saying it great. Like I can receive that, right? Because that's that's where the politics of respectability comes in, right? Because I'm presenting it a certain way, you can now receive it. But if I presented it differently, you couldn't. And that's where like the the tricky parts of race come in. But again, if if I can grow and if I can find some air of theoretical compassion and practical, someone on the other side can do that too. And there's no excuse. Like we have no excuse for where we are and, and what the future can be if we collectively choose to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Erica, you're also an expert on inner child work and shadow work. And I want to bring that topic up because I think what we're experiencing right now in our country has a lot to do with a leader who has not healed any sense of, or ever looked in the mirror in a true sense of the word in terms of who am I? Can I heal my trauma? Where am I coming from? Complete lack of self-awareness. And Erica, that's a lot of what you teach people in your work. So from that perspective, you know, he's given permission for everybody who has not done their work to act in the exact same way. And so it's all a manifestation. It's all these tentacles of this root issue, which is actually a collective subconscious thing. It's not just him. You know what I mean? In fact, he just was the match on on the gasoline of that. So from that perspective, Erica, like where where should people like begin now? I don't know. <laughs> what a guy. That's such a, a profound question that I probably need to consult and prayer about. <laughs> but what I will say, where do we begin? Compassion, again, on both ends. That may be tough for the spectrum compassion right but then also from what my what my body is saying is that purging right because even in, during this conversation like I, I I I'm very emotional and I want to cry a little bit but I know that my tears are not the tears for me per se the tears are are, are in the in the need to release right it's it's how is that not you know just you being able to purge that's not self-cleansing for you too it is self-cleansing. It is self-cleansing. But what I will say is from uh, an ancestral, like an, a diasporic notion, sometimes when we cry, we're not crying. I'm not crying for me. Like I'll be crying for my mother. I'm crying for my grandmother. I'm crying for those people who did not have the opportunity to cry or to to voice, to rage, to, to vent, to... So it, it is mine. It is mine from a, from a generational trauma standpoint. But I also have to acknowledge that it's it's a burden. You're carrying these things with you. But I also feel as if that's the same for Trump supporters as well. And for non-people of color, there's trauma that exists from the seeds of white supremacy. Like that stuff exists. And, And just because the hate is being spewed doesn't mean that that wasn't taught. That's that's generational too. What is it like to exist in a world where someone can actually look at another human being and want to bring physical harm solely because of race? You can't tell me that that's not seeped in some kind of of deep rooted trauma. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. So I guess where we start is everyone needs therapy. <laughs> Everybody needs, Everyone needs therapy. therapy. Seriously. Like and maybe multiple forms. Yes. Yeah. And not just conversations and not just reading the books. <laughs> not just not just soul cycle. No. Yeah. <laughs> we it's love not soul cycle. Enough. Please not just soul cycle. <laughs> we love Get that, a real but... therapist. <laughs> right. People are like, the soul cycle is my therapy. It's like, mm. like I'm like, I am not not capable of leading you 14. <laughs> Evan's like, please don't put you in your stuff. No, <laughs> like, right. it's only 45 minutes <laughs> once a week. Right. We're riding bike. <laughs> the, the save me messages or you saved me messages. You're like, how this is 
No, no. The you don't know what saving class. is. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Therapy. Everybody. If, if, if we can start with therapy and, and maybe therapy is not your, like your judge, maybe like a healing circle, you know, like that. I, I feel as if, if we start there and, and if people are able to be honest about the, the deep rooted emotions that they feel to another individual, that's where all of it begins. It's the, it's the therapy, but it's the honesty that comes from speaking from a soulful place of truth. People are afraid to say, Hey, I, I don't like black people. <laughs> People are afraid to say, you know what? White people have done harm to me and my family, and I don't want to mess with them either. Like I'm, I'm just not interested. But if if there's a level of honesty that that can begin, more conversations like this can happen more often. You know, imagine if I carried certain things and Alice carried certain things. Priestesses prescribed would never be here. Right. You know? Do you know what's amazing is just in this conversation alone, I was really reminded of you know our capacity to give and love is based solely, I think, on the amount of compassion and grace we've learned to give ourselves. And that is the work. And I think it's really interesting because watching you, even in the conversations that we've had and, and you know, some of the things that I've said of privilege and, you know, these things you receive, you listen and without judgment and you leading by example of that, I think cracks people open in another kind of way. So the more compassion we give people when we feel this, you know, anger or rage and, and, and we, we give compassion in these situations, maybe in some ways by doing our own personal work, those of us that are on a path of growth or seeking a path of growth, if we commit to that and continue to give that, maybe it'll allow other people the same amount of the same space to do the same. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, there's so much work to be done. And until last year, I thought, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't see race. (laughs) And then it was like, bullshit. Yes, you do. Like there's so many things. And I think I'm kind of struggling with a little bit of a lack of empathy or compassion for myself in some ways. And I think that comes out in some conversations I have with people that have different opinions than me. And so that is my work now is to take that back and kind of get my shit right. Right. And then I can give a little more. Yeah. Yeah you teaching me right now, like you saying from what I responded back to because in my heart and in my honest soul, like you listening and you expressing opinion and me thinking, wow, I really thought you voiced that so beautifully from years and years of things of, that you've been put through and that you've gone through that I have not gone through and have not experienced. Like my honest reaction was, wow, Erica really has put in the work for, you know, for yourself and for your ancestors, as you said, but you teaching me that Brittany, that's not exactly the right way to respond to that. Like it was just, it was extremely helpful and just helpful to know. And I think that there is just within conversations, starting obviously with, with your family, but circles I think are great and continuing this on because, you know, I do look around and yes, do I have a lot of white girlfriends? Yes, I do. Am I friends with a lot of black women? Yes, I am. But you know, it's still like, who am I around all the time? You know, and it's, it's, and I think it's just really coming, you know, to more understandings and immersing and, and really learning about all of the different beliefs that I think is just going to help us more mm-hmm. as time goes on. Mm-hmm. These conversations are so important. And I think so many white women, myself included, stray from them. And, and have more so in the past. I think I'm definitely doing, I'm leaning in a lot more because I'm, people are so afraid to say the wrong thing and offend. Yes. And as white women, we have prided ourselves <laughs> on, I'm a good person. I'm a good girl. I, but I didn't mean anything by that. How dare that offend them? And it's like, no, you got to be willing to mess this up. Like you got to be willing to like really mess it up and say something wrong and hurt someone. And deal with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm one of the first to admit that I'm at fault for everything that I do. I'm like, I fucked that up. That was wrong. Bevan's like, Brittany, you cannot, like, I've never meant to, again, like 
and this is just in funny in passing. She's like, that did not come out the right way. Not this was this was like a statement that I like personally said against myself. You know, she's like, okay, mic that. We're gonna cut that out because you can't say that about your even yourself. So, I, I am the first person to admit that fault. And I think it's it's harder to convince. Just I'm just again going off of bit family conversation and where it stems and things. I think when you're alone and sitting at that table or and trying to you're your own ally there in that situation because you're against people that maybe do not have the the same way of thinking that don't understand that haven't researched things that haven't had the discussions that we're all having right i could understand how what bevan just mentioned before it's it's you want to have that level of perfection of coming off saying things correctly being right but it's okay to not be right I guess with my, my whole point of that TED Talk rant. It's okay. <laughs> so, well, speaking of TED Talk, it reminds me of Brene Brown who talks about vulnerability and that I'm rereading Darren Greatly right now. And it's crazy how in 2012, it's remarkably mirroring what's going on in our society right now because not only is what's happening with what you ladies are saying and like, I'm afraid to say the wrong thing, People don't respond if you're not being vulnerable and being vulnerable means you're not worried about how you're coming across. You're just speaking honestly from the heart without any blockages from your own ego. And that's also what's missing from the broader society that we see like social media. You want to watch it on the news. It all has a spin. Is anyone speaking from the freaking heart? I don't know. You know, if you're having a conversation with a family member and you're spouting mean white supremacy, but you haven't internalized it and you haven't made any sort of connections to, whoa, when did I do that to a black colleague that would have made them feel a certain type of way? Like if you never reflect, then like, is anyone really going to learn from you or like taking, you know, Erica is a great example. Like she's done the work, she's applied it to her life. And so I don't feel like she's preaching to me. I feel like she's just telling me straight up, like, this is what I've experienced and this is where it's coming from. That's what people really respond to. So we're all like learning and unlearning and all of these things. Like we have to be forgiving of ourselves, but we can't stop talking. So yes, the honesty is extremely important, but I will also say, in reference to the work that I've done, I have done the work. I have done the work for sure. And that's the issue that I, I would say people of color have is because we're, we're doing our work, but it feels as if the other side is not. And that's where it becomes uncomfortable for us. And again, I don't believe that a conservative and a Trump supporter are two in the same. Just because you're fiscally conservative, I get that. I mean, I'm fiscally conservative. I get it, you know? <laughs> I get it. But if I'm having a conversation with someone who's a Trump supporter, because as a, as a Black person, Trump supporters mean you are willing to bring physical harm to my body, to my existence, to my soul, that I can't support, you know? That I can't be okay with. Now I, I extend you again that grace and that compassion, but still if someone takes their fist and decides to punch me in the face, where does that leave us? Um, bets are off ex the, and and But that's the thing, the bets are off, but they shouldn't be off because even then I, I still have to go to that place of, okay, that's that trauma. And it manifested itself with you bringing physical harm to me. So that's, that's that delicate line where it's like, you know, everyone has to do their work. Everyone, like we have to all do the work because if we don't, we have extreme sides of the spectrum. And I'm not just saying like, I, I know there are, I'm sure there are white people who do the work too. And then there are black people who don't want to hear it. You know, and that's not okay either. So we, we have to sort of meet each other in, in the middle. And one thing I, I would say that does that, again, is that connectivity. I see something in you. Therefore, I see something in me. That's why Alex and I get along so well. Like we're friends, you know, we can, we are very honest with each other. We have very, like, I'll call Alex out on some stuff and she'll call me out on some stuff. And that's okay because one, we, we're close. We've developed that relationship. We've extended that compassion to each other beyond race where we can, we can see each other's hearts. 
and and that's the issue. I need to be able to see your heart because then I can I can give mine to you. And that's so interesting to me. That comes back full circle to like how do you begin the conversation when it's difficult to begin it? How do you have these conversation? And it's trusting in the love and acceptance you have of one another. And you guys have built that over time. And that reinforces your ability to be honest with each other and really opens the conversation up. And, you know, and that is where ultimately we want to get as a society, right? I thought the same thing as society is just being almost held accountable. And one of my best friends, we had, again, bringing up our prior conversations, she probably is would you say Bevita that she is all over me when it comes to all on top of she's you. on top like she is like if i put up something that is against anything it's a it could be a costume it could be a, a quote it could be some she i will have volumes and pages and links and things as to why you know this might and but it's she's holding me accountable and it's, it's someone that, you know, and, and I appreciate that because I'm like, you know what? You really taught me something there. Being safe allows you to feel like to accept real love and real love comes with someone providing feedback to you Yeah, when it's hard to hear. Right. Is do I always love saying, you know, do I always love seeing it and being like, thank you. I really appreciate that. Just letting you know, because you may get flack, you may get this, you may get... Thank you. You know, at least she's, she's holding me accountable. And, and I could say the same thing back to her in different degrees because of her background and where she came from and how she was raised. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's interesting. I appreciate though, just having a partner or a friend like with you both, you hold each other accountable and you talk to each other about it. And if something's bothering you, Erica, that Alex said, you, you come to her and say, you know, I didn't maybe love that. And Vice versa, same thing, Alex. Same thing, maybe Erica. I didn't, I didn't really think that Matt. You know, just having those conversations and being held accountable for that, I think, is very, very important to have that partner or seek out someone that could help you with that. Well, we're all very lucky to have one another, and I think that's what's also interesting about this contrast that's happening right now with our society. Like, I have a very, very close friend that is is a democrat <laughs> and when i was facetiously talking about walking into that party that i went to on saturday i said i hope i can gloat you know like messing around kind of another friend said you know that's not really solving anything and i'm like yeah i know just like give me a break you know what i mean and he basically suggested that i should like cut off every family member that doesn't believe in what we believe in and uh, maybe that would be the wake up call for them and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I don't have a relationship with my mother and she's very much alive, like, you know, debatable what, what's going on mentally there, but I can't afford to cut off any more family members. I have to have these conversations and, you know, I don't feel safe having the conversation with him and that's unfortunate because he just meets it with, with venom. And even though we're agreeing, it's like, we can't have a conversation because in his mind, he's completely right. And, and it's, and it, there's no room for discussion and that it won't solve. I mean, is there travesty going on? Yeah, absolutely. But like, that doesn't solve anything in like telling me to cut off my family members. Like in four years, like my kids will be alive at that point and they might need to babysit that. I mean, it, like I want them to have relationships with their cousins. It's not that simple. It's not that black and white you know, no pun intended, but it's like, ugh, we can't solve it like that. And so like, we're really, again, like bring it back full circle. We're really lucky to have one another where we can have these conversations and mess up and not be judged for it and not be cut off for it because we're human. Right. We're not, right. we're not perfect. Right. Right. I have an analogy, not that you can really compare these two things, but I, I will for the sake of argument. Or rather, a Trump supporter, you can sort of equate that to a husband who is beating his wife, right? And the wife would be a person of color, specifically a person of African descent. In my opinion, people who don't intervene to assist the wife are those individuals who are not partaking in conversations to, to save, to help. 
if you are acknowledged, if you are aware that someone is being physically harmed, psychologically harmed, mentally harmed, it is our responsibility as humans to intervene in some way to, to assist, maybe not to assist the, the wife per se, but to hold the husband accountable. And I think that if, if we can, if we can look at it from that perspective, like, okay, I know there are a group of people or a person where something is happening and I'm not stepping in and my silence condones that activity. Where do we go from there? Like what, what then, what happens then? And it doesn't mean that, and for the sake of the analogy that the husband should be cut off, right? Because he needs help. There's trauma there. There's something, there's something there. His wounded inner child saw something. And in seeing something, he's just now repeating that cycle, you know? So I agree. I agree. I don't think that you should cut off your family members. I think that it goes back to what Brittany said. It's accountability. It's about how can, how can I hold myself accountable, but who are the people I'm surrounding myself with who can also hold me accountable to making the world a better place? And I just think that because of trauma, people don't see the need for them to be held accountable. And again, we're talking about on both sides and, and that's, that's the issue. But again, these conversations and, and, and including those sensitivity accountability coaches, I was going to make a housewife reference, but <laughs> please, uh, <laughs> what, is, what is her that. name? Oh, what is her God, name, Alex? What is Bring her name? On. That's Teddy Melanie. Oh, Teddy, Teddy. Yes. Right. Okay. Oh. Ring it on. We may <laughs> all need a Teddy Mellencamp, an accountability coach, <laughs> a racial accountability coach in our lives yes. to just make sure that we're not making mistakes. And I will gladly be that for everyone. <laughs> you know? It's, but yeah, I know. Teddy's so problematic. She's but so it's problematic, like, yeah, Erica, but... can, I sit, can I send this tweet? Business, real? And she's like, no, you can't. <laughs> Well, it's interesting though. I I just personally, I think this is my ego here. I just want to clarify that the one conversation I haven't engaged in, I'm not sure the person isn't, is, is there, all there mentally. And that's another, that's a reason that that conversation was not. Oh, your per, oh, your person. Okay. Yes. Got it. On that note, I do think that everybody needs a racial accountability coach, somebody to check in with some, I mean, my good, I have a good friend that I reach out to constantly about those same sort of things. Like, I'm like, let, Hey, like, I mean this, this way, somebody that I feel safe and trust. And I'm like, is this, is this being presented to somebody who is different than me in a way that is the way that I mean it? <laughs> Like, is it read this way, right? These are the things that we need to improve on and continue to learn on, I think. I agree with you. Especially when it's presented in a public manner, you know? Yeah. I mean, now is the time, like, where the rebuilding starts. And look, it's not totally over. There's things I saw today that it's like, you know, will he actually leave and all of these things. So when... Yeah, it is crazy, by the way, really just is it nuts. is really crazy, by the way. And I and I told you guys last week, I was like, you know, I, I just I have a very hard time believing because of just the inability to concede what is going to go on. And I just it, so for me until <laughs> January, what is it? 20th, 21st? That's what I'm trying that's all I was trying to say last week. And I started off our conversation on a bad note and I thought about it and I immediately called up Bevan too. And I was like, I hope they realize that that was where I was just, I'm very pragmatic. I'm very like to the point. I like was just very frustrated by it all and couldn't, I turned it off and watched it. And I said like the wrong comment to the whole exchange of it all. And I, I just, yeah, it's hard for me to believe that I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of months is all that is all I'm saying. That's all I meant. It's just because I just have, I know. Lawyers okay. start doing your work, ladies. We got to keep going. <laughs> I just Any have lawyers a hard time packing this. <laughs> right. But what did you see, Alex? You saw the same yeah, thing, right? Where it's like, like there's, yeah. I don't know. 
it's really chaotic. Like, just move I mean, on. You got to move on. <laughs> you're asking someone without their mental <laughs> faculties to come up with a gentlemanly response or like just a normal response or just like a historical normalcy. It's not possible. He's not a politician. He has no freaking experience to be in this seat. And so in his mind, he's like, I'm not leaving. And he really believes he does not have to leave. He, that's why he believes. So when we're saying, yeah, he's being honest. Yeah. He's delusional, but he's being honest. So we're asking someone who's not a politician to act like a politician. It's just not. I think I saw the meme about, you know, the ballots, the votes in the Senate were there. There's, a, you know, that's that's Republican. Why? <laughs> what what's what's the lie here about what the meme about the difference? Those were there. What are you saying about that? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't so get when- enough votes. <laughs> that's it. When the dust like settles, fully settles, like I think we can have we can really start from there. But like, by the way, we're all, I mean, we got to go home. We got to face the holidays before that point. So <laughs> what do we do at that point? You know, like that, that's the the question. I, I did not handle myself all the way correctly this past weekend because I was goaded and I was baited and, it, you know, there, I am a human being and I have a heart and I have uh, emotions, but you know, over the holidays, like, what do we do? You know, how do we, how do we engage in a productive manner? Just, just start drinking. Just <laughs> drinking. Great answer. Don't stop. Just keep going. This Drink, is out really, Drink out of a base. Drink out of it. This is where it's really hard to be pregnant and watch all you fucks. Oh That's the problem. I have to watch all this happen in front of me. And I'm like, oh my God, because you She's really see it all. Doors. You see it. No, all. in all honesty, maybe it is micro dosing. Maybe that's the key. Because I mean, like sometimes when I've taken, you know, this is taking a turn here. <laughs> a little Take bit, it. a little turn. <laughs> like mushrooms, you know, I find a different sort of place of empathy and understanding of people that I can't maybe normally access on my day-to-day, you know, all the time. I mean, so maybe- as, as a holistic practitioner, I, I endorse psychedelics, especially if that can bring you to some a spiritual awakening that will hopefully transform you and your views. So, hey, if, if that's what everyone needs to do, just take a shroom and let's have a healing circle and let's, <laughs> you know, meditate purge. and purge it out. I'm totally down. <laughs> I know a lot of people that were on shrooms on Saturday. Let me tell you that. They were having a great time. And I was you, so jealous. But this is a question though. Do you feel like this period in time is a collective purging? Like, you know, right now there is so much anger and everything is kind of, I feel like it's coming to a head and in, as overwhelming and terrifying and sad as it all is and hard as it all is, in some ways to me that kind of makes me go okay maybe we're maybe we're making some sort of baseline tectonic shift where there's something freer on the other side a, a more compassionate and loving place for us to exist yeah i i totally think that and alex and i it, it comes up in astrology it comes up in the tarot cards it, it's definitely manifesting itself from a metaphysical standpoint. But the problem I think is there are not enough practitioners to who are equipped to handle this kind of reawakening and to handle this kind of trauma, to handle this kind of, the, the rhetoric isn't there, you know? Like we know what we're feeling for some. I think maybe I'm a little bit more equipped than than others, but we need little pockets of these people everywhere. And I, I believe that they're there and they're and they're they're coming into their own, but it takes time to get to a place of, of compassion for self to then have compassion for others and then to extend that from a racial perspective, you know? So it, it's happening. It, it's totally in the stars. Now, are the practitioners there to assist? I don't know, but something is happening. You know, something is shifting. And I if, I feel as if, if Donald Trump ever wants a holistic health and wellness practitioner, I'd be the best person because I would take him and his wounded inner child and just rock him because he needs to be hugged, poor thing. He needs, he really, he needs that. He needs that, that something, but he doesn't have it either. You're a fucking saint. <laughs> Like, yes, that's, I'm just like, like the corners of my mouth when I thought about the idea before, but wow, I was like, 
I would Melania won't him. even no, Melania no question. Touch his not hand. Even. Melania just hits his hand away. She won't even give him that. She needs That's it too. I'll help her. <laughs> Wait, Alex will help her. Alex will help her. She's the new. She's the new Bachelorette. She's going to be on next season. Good. I mean, I just always think of the Melania, the the SNL skit. Well, are you scared, woman? Three up dimension. Yeah. <laughs> think about biking away from it all on Peloton. Thanks. The next <laughs> thing. The next thing. Woman. Just let's watch this family. It's yeah. We'll, we'll see Melania on the Bachelorette next season, or she'll be, go back to country and. <laughs> um, you know what? Over. I think this whole episode should be a call on all of the practitioners to like yes. come together, convene. How can we support you and give you more resources and more time to to get to a place where you are ready to help us all heal? So y'all come on out. <laughs> that's a perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect you know, half of a bow tie on this because this is not we're never going to wrap this up in a bow in the next however many years we're basically in a chaotic cycle for the next at least couple of years so yes like come out like you want to be like any one of us or you have your own idea or you you know want to come up with your own method like we need you like what erica said you know we need you to catch all of the people who are really waking up right now we've been seeing it as practitioners i know you guys see it too in the way that women and and men respond to your podcast and the messages that you receive of people just with straight up questions, but also like we're going through our own human experiences in the midst of a very chaotic time when you can't, you don't know which way is which and you can't spot the wall, you know, as you're spinning. If you have questions for any one of us, like please reach out. Ladies, you're like so amazing. And I'm just so glad that we were able to have this conversation and really come together and you know get your expertise here this is probably one of many so hope so let's keep it let's keep it rolling where can everybody find you both oh well you can find be my neighbor at be my neighbor podcast is that right? <laughs> yes it is correct <laughs> that's correct B. and um you can find me at bevan a prince on instagram that's basically the only thing i use and I'm at Brittany H. Levine on Instagram. That was coincidental that we just did our names like that. I don't know why, but we also love the number three. And yeah, that's, there's a lot of things there. Lots of things. You guys, thank you so much yeah. for sharing with us and allowing us to be on here and, and feel so safe to heal a little bit today, a little bit more with you guys. We look forward to sharing, you know, what we learn with as many people as we can and, and doing it again soon. This was wonderful. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.